Good morning, everyone. We'll be reading this morning from Luke chapter 12 and starting at verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God who, who cares about us, that you want to have a relationship with us. Thank you that you're a God who speaks to us and shows us how we are to live in a way that honors you and glorifies you. Father, we pray that as we sit uh, under your word today, that you will speak to us, that you'll challenge us, that you will set our hearts and our priorities uh, on the things that you want us uh, to have our hearts and our passions and our desires set on. We pray this for your glory. Amen. For the first few weeks in January, we've been um, working through a series uh, in, in Luke's Gospel uh, from chapters 10 to 12, uh, looking at some of the priorities for a follower of Jesus. Uh, in this section of Luke's Gospel, it tells us uh, how we are to be living as a follower. So as we started the year, we've been thinking through uh, various priorities. The first priority we looked at was sitting at the feet of Jesus. This came in the story of Mary and Martha, uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus, eager to listen to him, to learn from him. So that was our first priority. Last week, our second was speaking to the Father, which we saw as Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray and teaches them uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this week, in the section that uh, Megan read for us, we'll be looking at, ha at having an eternal perspective, uh, having eternity as our highest value uh, in the year ahead. It, it happens, you know, Jesus here is both speaking to the rich and to the poor 
and, and the, he, he covers the same topic, the same idea, but applies it differently to the two. To the rich man, verse 21, he says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And in speaking to his disciples, in verse 33, he says, provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroy. The purpose here is for us to see setting our hearts and desires on eternal treasures and not on the temporary worldly treasures. In verse 13, a man comes to Jesus and says to him, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Uh, in this in the story, presumably, this is the, the older brother who's inherited the family wealth. That would have been uh, the way things would have happened in the first century. But the younger brother is left with, with no inheritance. Um, wouldn't have mean he had nothing, but he wouldn't have inherited the bulk of the family well. So he thinks of a clever plan. Let's go to his teacher and let's ask him to persuade my brother to share with me. Look at, look at how Jesus answers the man in verse 15. Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. It's quite a strong warning that Jesus gives this man. Uh, a warning against greed, a warning against all kinds of greed. And that's really what we're going to see today, how greed works out in various ways. And the rest of this passage, he speaks to two groups of people, to the rich, talks about their problem of greed, and then to the poor and their problem of greed. You see, greed or the love of money or the love of possessions isn't exclusively a problem for the rich. It's a problem for all of us, a problem whether you have money or don't have money, whether you have possessions or don't have possession. Greed is a problem both for the rich and for the rich. So first Jesus speaks to the rich, and here he tells them the parable of the, the farmer. And this is really, it's, it's, it's the farmer who hits the jackpot, who, who strikes it lucky. That year the farmer would have gone about his, his normal farming activities. You know, he would have been uh, plowing the land, sowing the seed, watering, watching it grow. And then when harvest time comes, there's a bit of a surprise. It's a fantastic year, a bumper harvest, uh, far greater than he, he had expected. Did you, did, did you notice his surprise as it was read? Uh, th there's so much crop that he can't even fit it into his barn. So he decides he's going to break down the barn and build bigger ones. And then the man thinks to himself, well, now he's got it set. He's got it made. Uh, he can retire. He can enjoy what life has to offer. Uh, I don't know how, much, how many of you uh, follow the stock markets. But there are a few stocks in 2022 that, that made massive returns. If you had bought Tesla stocks at the beginning of 2022 and sold in November when it peaked, uh, you probably could have retired comfortably. That wasn't true for 2023, so I hope no one went and did that in 2023. But the man thinks to himself, I'm set, I can retire, I can enjoy what life has to offer. Uh, verse 19, he says to himself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Now, I'll take it all of us, to some degree, would like to be uh, like this farmer. Uh, all of us would love to have enough money that we never need to worry about anything. Maybe you know, we could stop our jobs. We could, we could just take the rest of life easy. Now, when I was young, I always dreamed of retiring by 30. Uh, I hit 40 last year, and that's still going. Um, so God had different plans for me. All of us want to have the easy, the comfortable life. 
uh, no worries, no stresses financially. And when we, when we look at someone who is wealthy, who can just take it easy, who doesn't need uh, to work, or you know, we can easily be jealous, want what they've got, want what they've achieved. But how does God think about people like this farmer? Have a look, verse 22. God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? It's quite a, quite a uh, sort of perspective of this man. As God looks at him and he pronounces, you fool. What is the problem with this man? What's he done wrong? Is, is God not being a bit harsh on him, calling him a fool? And nothing in this passage suggests that this man uh, has gained his wealth through dodgy dealings, corruption, or exploiting his laborers. No, the problem with this man is that his focus, his passion, his heart is all on worldly things, his riches, his possessions, but he ignores the things of eternal value. He is not rich towards God. Uh, there are two things that this man does not realize. Firstly, that his earthly wealth is only temporary. When he dies, he can't take it with him. Jesus said to him, um, Jesus said in the beginning, life does not consist in the abundance of your possession. But this man sees his possession. That's, that's where his focus is. That's where his heart, his passion is. Secondly, he does not realize the value of being rich towards God. See, heavenly uh, riches, eternal riches, have eternal significance. And we can take them with us into glory. They do uh, carry impact beyond our time on this, on this earth. The farmer does not care about God. And God doesn't even seem to be just a blimp on his, his radar. Listen to what the farmer says in verse 18. This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, who's, who's in the focus of the farmer's Me, I. It's all about him, what he's achieved, what he's done, what he owns. He sees it as being all his and to be used for just his own benefits. What we need to see that all the possessions that we have on this earth actually belong to God. He has given them to us. He's entrusted them to us to use wisely. And God will hold us accountable for how we have used what he's entrusted. So here we've seen the problem of the rich man, the problem of greed with the rich man. Then after Jesus speaking uh, about this, this rich farmer, he turns to focus on his disciple, and he speaks about the poor. As I said at the beginning, the love of, of money, the love of possessions, is not just a problem of those who have money or possessions. It's equally a problem of those who don't. The rich love money, so they focus on all their possessions. The poor love money, but they don't have it, so they worry and stress about uh, how things are going to go in the future their needs in this world. And this is why in verse 22, Jesus turns to speak to his disciples and he says to them, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. In verse 23, Jesus tells them, he tells us why we are not to worry about these things. He says, life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. The problem of the poor is worrying about clothing and food. Again, this is a focus on material things rather than a focus on eternal things. You see, the problem of the rich man and the problem of the poor man is the same. It just works out differently. So Jesus says to his disciples, do not worry. And he gives them two examples to show them why worrying about worldly things is silly. Firstly, he looks to the sky and he tells them to consider the birds. 
The birds are not like the farmer who works hard uh, to get a harvest and has large storerooms and barns to keep his riches. But yet, the birds still have food to eat. Where do they get the food from? Who's the one that sustains them? Well, it says that God is the one who feeds them. Secondly, he looks to the field and he tells us to consider the flowers, the lilies. They don't labor or toil in order to look beautiful, in order to look magnificent. Uh, in spring, when the flowers come up, all of us admire their beauty. I'm sure many of you have gone up the, the west coast uh, to go and see the flowers. We see their beauty, we admire their beauty. And Jesus goes on to say that, yes, we admire the beauty. He said, Jesus says that even Solomon, one of the wealthiest men in the Old Testament, was not clothed with as much beauty as the flowers. And again here, we see the focus is on God. He is the one that does it. He is the one who clothes the flowers. God is the one who feeds the birds. God is the one who clothes the flowers in the field. Now, you, you, you may think to yourself at this point, well, that's great. God does that for the birds. He does that for the flowers. But what's that got to do with it? And in both these illustrations, Jesus is making the same point. He says that we are more valuable to him than the birds or the flowers. Just let that sink in. You are more valuable to God than the birds in the air, than the flowers in the field. And if you're more valuable to him, how much more can you trust him? How much more should you trust him? In verse 24, uh, Jesus says, how much more valuable are you than the birds? Verse 28, he says, if God clothes the grass of the fields, field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? If God looks after the birds of the air, if God looks after the flowers in the field, how much more it concerns each of us who are more valuable to him? How much more is he concerned about our good and our well-being? Do we trust God, rest in him, in that relationship that we've got with him, the, the value that he has in us? We don't, do not need to worry. We need to remember that God is in control. He's in full control. We need to remember that God cares deeply for us. He values us. So that even as we face hard things, we can rest in knowing that, in that God uh, values us, that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he is in control. Verse 25, we're told that worrying will get us nowhere. We can't even add a single hour to our life by worrying. In verse 30, we're told that if we worry, we are like the rest of the world who runs after the riches of this world um, and the possessions of this world and ignores God. So whether we are rich or whether we are poor, greed, love of money, possessions can easily be a problem and a temptation for us. The problem of the rich farmer is that he was rich in a worldly sense, but he was not rich towards God. His focus was on his physical wealth, but he does not care about godliness, does not care about the things of real value in God's eye. The problem of the poor is that they run after possessions and wealth rather than focusing on things that are of eternal significance. And in these two examples, Jesus has spoken about the extremes. Uh, someone who is so wealthy that they've got no need to, and someone that is so poor that they do not know where their next meal will come from. Um, both have the same problem, focusing on worldly things rather than eternal things. I guess uh, for most of us, we would neither classify ourselves as the super rich or the super poor, although there may be some uh, among us that are on one of those two extremes. Most of us would fall somewhere in the middle, somewhere in between. But we both, we, are, we, are, we equally face the temptation that these two groups face. The problem of greed, the problem of the love of possessions and money. Jesus says that we are to stop focusing 
on the temporary things of this world. Rather, we are to focus on riches that really matter, being rich towards God rather than uh, in a worldly perspective. We are to focus on his kingdom rather than our temporary kingdom in earth. If we find ourselves being obsessed with possessions and wealth, we must remind ourselves that life is, we're here today, gone tomorrow. We don't know who will be here at the end of 2020. If we find ourselves worrying about the things of this world, we must remind ourselves that God really cares for us, that he values us, that he is in full control, and that he wants us to value the things that he values, things of eternal significance. So let me ask you, what will your focus be for 2023? What are the things that you're going to pursue in the year ahead? Now, this is, this is a question to really ponder and think about. And let me suggest uh, a few tests to help you analyze your heart to see if you are seeking the things of God or if you are merely pursuing the things of this world. Firstly, think about your time. What do you spend your, your time on? How much of your time is focused on gaining temporary, worldly possessions? How much of your time is focused on things of eternal on being rich towards God, on growing in your relationship with him as you sit at the feet of Jesus and read uh, your Bible? and meditate on what he's saying to you? Uh, how much of your time is spent in prayer as you speak to your loving Father in heaven? How much of your time is spent uh, with other Christians, encouraging them and serving um, God and his purposes? Next thing, think about money. Uh, have a look at your bank, bank statement. What are the things that you spend your, your salary on? What are the things that, that you, you're hoping to get this year? that you're saving up for? How, how does that compare to your, your investment in God's eternal To seeing people uh, come to Christ as you support gospel ministry, giving generously to Christians in... What about prayer? What, what is your prayer filled with? What are the things that you pray for? Is it your worries, your temporary things in this world? Or are you praying for things of eternal significance? More people coming to know Jesus, growing in your relationship with him. What are the things that you daydream of? When you think about your future, when you think about 2023, what do you hope you will achieve by the end of the year? How, how much uh, are you thinking and daydreaming about what you could be doing in serving God? What about your worries? What are the things that keeps you up at night? Are you constantly worried about the things of this world? Or do you have a deep concern about God's honor and glory, his name being magnified in this world? Do you have a deep desire to grow in your relation with him? So let me ask you, where is your treasure? Where is your heart? What will you be investing in in 2023? Listen to how Jesus finishes off in verse 32 to 34. Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for the, your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will never wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and where no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart as followers of Jesus, we have been given the greatest treasure of all. We've been given the kingdom. We've been brought into a relationship with God. We've got the promise of, of eternity with God in his perfect, free from sin and free from all the effects of sin. So let's stop running after the temporary riches of this world. Let's trust God wholeheartedly and let's invest in heavenly treasures that do have eternal that's praying. Father, we do praise you that you have given us this amazing treasure of being in a relationship with you, of having the hope of eternity. Thank you for the Lord Jesus that he died, that our sins would, would be dealt with, that he died, 
that we may receive your kingdom. Father, we pray that you'll remind us daily of the great privilege that we have of being in a relationship. Father, we pray for the year ahead that you'll set our heart and our passions 